Welcome back. Welcome back. I hope, however, that time was spent. There was some nourishing, easeful moments uh, during that time. And as I said before, we'll just move right into the sit. So I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. Letting your attention come back into your body. Allowing the body to come into a posture that allows you to feel upright and alert. At ease. Taking our seats as we do of as daughters of the Buddha. If it's helpful in your mind's eye, excuse me, picturing yourself in this circle of women that have been meeting for decades, stretching from parts in Canada, the Pacific Northwest, down the coast of California, across America, our Dharma sisters on the East Coast. If any of our sisters are joining us from Europe, it's a big circle. And allow yourself to feel the spaciousness of the circle, both your place in the circle and this vast sense of spaciousness that can hold all kinds of things. Whatever you're sitting with this morning, allow yourself to offer that to the center of the circle, imagining perhaps we're all around a bonfire. And that fire can take whatever you may be holding that might feel like too much or just that's challenging, offering it up to the fire. It'll be transformed into something else. Again, this invitation to lean into the sisterhood of this sangha. The line from David Wyatt comes to mind of our great mistake is to act as if we're in this drama all alone. To paraphrase. The world offers itself to us. The sangha offers itself to its members, yeah. And allowing yourself to feel help, to feel supported by the song again, whether it's your first or second time or if you've been here since the beginning. Again, as I mentioned before, feeling into the, it's almost like the shoulders upon whom we are standing, the lineage of our teachers before us and before them and before then all the way back. And naming all this in part to claim our place, as it were, but also feeling into this appreciation or gratitude for how far back these teachings go and our ability to be receiving them. And for the anchor, today I want to invite us, if it feels helpful, to allow the attention to rest either in the heart center or in, in the heart 
Again, it can be helpful to have your hands here at the center of your chest or the hands over the heart. Checking in on, again, as I mentioned before, how is the heart? As you check in just now, are there certain qualities that come to mind that feel either present or absent? but that come to mind. Heart qualities that are dear to you. Might be a funny image, but imagining that slipping into a warm bath and we're adding to the bath water these qualities that maybe came to mind of generosity or gratitude, appreciation, love, humor, peacefulness, ease. But these are the bath salts, so to speak. And just imagining for yourself, what would those, your particular blend of bath salts be that you would allow the body and the heart just to luxuriate in, to be supported in, to float in? How might that feel? To feel this water, this heart water, both supported and weightless. And as the body rests in this bath water, so to speak, of the different salts, it's just this deep nurturance of these heart qualities. And the mind will have its judgments about this idea or comments and pull you out of the bathwater and go somewhere else. Okay. And bring the attention back again if this is a helpful image to play with. If it's not, let it go. But building in the minds wanders off, we bring it back. Oh wait, maybe it's nice to give yourself a chance just to rest in this Warm, beautiful bathtub. Might be a four-foot clawed tub out in the woods somewhere. On a beach by a river. It's an invitation to rest, to relax, to allow the body to feel supported and warm. And that these waters can infuse the body and the heart with these qualities that come to mind. Please know there's no such thing as a bad sit. We come, we take our seats, we see how it is. This image, again, maybe something that's helpful, great. And if it's not, let it go. Just perhaps rest the attention in the sensation of the body. We sit together in the Sangha and see how it is to be human and alive in this moment, in this breath, and in the next.
so nice to sit together. Always tempting, like, let's just sit all the time. <laughs> so I hope, however, um, the sit went for you, that you at least felt the support of the Sangha. Um, I think that can be so um, helpful. Um, so today I thought we'd explore together um, the domain or the territory of uh, gratitude and appreciation. Um, those of us, I think, anyone who's not in the States, last week was Thanksgiving, which does have a challenging history here in the U.S., of course, but the uh, inclining towards uh, being grateful is always a fabulous practice and all sorts of studies show the heart benefits of when we can move in the world from a place of gratitude and appreciation, um, allow the heart to be bathed in the waters of of gratitude um, and inclining the mind towards thoughts of appreciation of all kinds of good things um, for our system and the way we move in the world. Uh, the Buddha himself absolutely spoke of um, uh, the importance of gratitude and um, and generosity. I'm sort of, they're distinct words, but again, I'm sort of, we're in the, the territory. We're in this particular landscape uh, that's imbued with um, the qualities of, of appreciation, of gratitude, of generosity. And the Pali word for gratitude is, uh, I'm not exactly sure how to say it, K-A-T-A-N-N-N-U, Katanua. Um, and that means a sense of what was done. And I was reading this morning in the suttas and the importance that the Buddha placed on orienting towards, again, as the word implies, what was done, what we're indebted to and appreciating the labors of those all around us. You know, the, um, the Martin Luther King's great um, paragraph about before we walk out the door, we're indebted to half the world from whom go grew our coffee or help make our clothing or um, made the furniture that we use to sort of all the humans that uh, through their efforts we're able to do what we're able to do. And again, this inclining towards an appreciation to so much that's unseen, but when we allow ourselves to, oh yeah, there's all this. Thich Nhat Hanh talks about if you have a piece of paper, you can look at the paper, but what you also see in that paper is the sun that grew the trees and the person who trans people who transform the, the trees and the paper um, to be able to see the interconnectedness um, of, of everything. We are all a part of this web um, fabric of mutuality, which is either Martin Luther King or Einstein. <laughs> I'm forgetting. Um, uh, the, the importance um, yeah the Buddha cited gratitude as a quality defining what it means to be civilized also in the sutta there are two people these two people are hard to find in the world which two? the one who is first to do a kindness and the one who is grateful and thankful for a kindness done and the importance of the relationship of appreciation so we can offer offer something um, and then it's nice to have it be accepted. I shared this story before so forgive me but when my daughter was young um, we were living in California California, Colorado but coming back to California so we were traveling frequently and 
sort of to have the traveling be more fun, we would take um, a bag of chocolates and Jessie would distribute them out as she saw fit. I mean, she was three. <laughs> sort of really um, ringlets, blah, 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 and ringlets to this kid. And she'd be handing chocolates to people and some people wouldn't take it. <laughs> um and sort of, it's, and she had turned to me and said, it's much more fun when people accept the chocolate. I'm like, yeah, it is. But it is this re- reciprocity of giving and having our gifts be received. Um, but also, as I've spoken about this before, also being able to receive, which for some of us, it's much easier to give. But that um, the receptivity, the the willingness to receive the help, receive the compliment, receive the gesture, receive the offer, however small is part of this terrain. Yeah, it's not one-sided. So this allowing ourselves to be in the flow of generosity, again, I spoke of this before, uh, both of the giving and the receiving. So uh, this is from Alison Luterman, consider the generosity of the one-year-old. Consider the generosity of the one-year-old who has no words to exchange with you yet and instead offers up her favorite jewel-on blanket, her green rhinoceros as big as she is, her cloth doll with a long, long pigtails, her battered cardboard books swung open on their soggy pages. If you were outdoors, she would hand you a dead beetle, a fistful of grass, a pebble, by way of introduction or just because. And if a moment later she wanted it back, it would be for the joy of the game that makes mm-hmm. of every simple object an offering. This is me. Here is who I am. In the same way, sun drapes a buttered scarf across your face. Rose opens herself up to your glance. The rain shares its divine melancholy. The whole world keeps whispering or shouting to you, nibbling your ear like a neglected lover, while you worry over matters of finance, of relationship, important issues relating to getting and spending, having and hoarding, though you were once that baby, though you are still that world. Yeah, and the ability to slow down enough to, oh yeah, the way the sun drapes the buttered scarf across our face, the feel of the wind through our hair, the laughter um, that we can hear um, in the world or in our own home, and being able to slow down enough. Can I take that in? Uh, Gratefulness by Dale Bryan. Each day, the engine of my gratefulness must be coaxed and primed into action. Of course, like any old clunker, it would just as soon stay put. For even after the labored start beats the inertia and the plume of white smoke struggles upward, the same hills always appear, soaring daily tall and ominous as before. There is a long, slow hill of aging, so gradual and smooth at first, and then that steep grade called the news. Yes, and always some mountain of war looming out there, never too far in the distance. Even an old idea or a feeling long abandoned might conspire to halt this fragile progress. Valves sputtering, tires flattening, clutch slipping. But the old data, data sound of the engine and all its mysterious fuel, for which I am truly grateful, somehow keeps stumbling along. Yeah. And sometimes we just forget. Or there's is, we're overwhelmed by, oh my God, there's so much. There's a lot that is not good in the news, yeah. And to, again, make the effort, the intention to incline the mind 
to gratitude to incline the heart like, oh yeah, can I remain open in the face of some very trying times? And it is vital, vital to our own sense of well, civility, um, as the Buddha put, but I think our own sense of buoyancy. It's so easy to be overwhelmed or um, bowed by what's happening out in the world and then just how hard it is to be a human in November, almost December 2023. I'm sure it's always been hard, but it seems particularly hard now. And how this personally, I believe this, know this to be true, but also to be able to view this practice of a cultivation of appreciation, of gratitude, of generosity is in a ways a vital part of the toolkit and staying sane. <laughs> sane and, and reasonable, yeah. Um, Inside it all by Rosemary Watola Traumer. Beneath the masks, beneath the names, beneath ideals, beneath the shoulds, is a thrumming, ecstatic, atomic swirl, unseen and omnipresent, inescapable and holy, a divine blurry of being, a realm of charge and energy, most of it empty space. Sometimes I remember this, perhaps walking in the woods or standing in the midst of a city's war, perhaps working in the kitchen or singing in a choir. I remember who we really are. Remember not with mind, but with being, and I'm lost in it found in it, alive in the cloud of it, astonished by the sacred design of it, elegant soup of it, elemental swirl of it all. How it is I sometimes see only woman, man, cottonwood, spider, self, other, 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 other. We walk this journey of separation together, being who is lonely, remember? And I feel like this is so much of our dance, remembering and forgetting remembering and forgetting, and that in many ways, gratitude, again, appreciation, generosity, not synonymous, but kin, kinships, kinship words, can help us cross this bridge uh, from what can be kind of the default neural network of aloneness or born out of conditions when we're young or school or how it is to work, move in the world, um, the, the loneliness that can come feel be felt a separation and then this um crossing this bridge per se of gratitude appreciation can take us over into this land of connectedness like oh yeah we all have this beating heart that wants pretty much the same thing we can all be touched by the feel of the sun for those of you on colder climbs of first fall of snow yeah, or here in California, the, the fall of rain, so delicious. Um, we can all be touched by that if we allow ourselves both to note the armoring that we have to kind of falsely protect us, that can so serve to isolate us. And being able to find the chinks in that armor, to open it up a bit to be able to receive um, the sunlight, the the delights of just the ordinariness of life, and then be able to feel into again that flow, that movement of of generosity, of um, appreciation and kindness. Um, another poem, Improvement, by Benusha Lumeris. The optimist says, "My eyes are getting better each year. 
Soon I'll have to lower my prescription. What's next? The light step I had at six? All the gray hairs back to brown? Skin taut as a drum? My eyes improved and I walked around town and celebrated. We took in the letters of the marquee, the individual leaves, filling out the branches of the sycamore, an early moon. So much goes downhill, our joints, the wearing out with every mile, the delicate folds of the eardrum, exhausted from years of listening. I'm grateful for small victories, the way the heart still beats time in the cathedral of the ribs, and the mind, watching its parade of thoughts enter and leave, begins to see them for what they are, jugglers, fire swallowers, acrobats, tossing their batons in the air. <laughs> That's such beautiful language, like the cathedral of the ribs. And feeling in just for a moment here, touching into the beating of our heart in this cathedral of our ribs. And the parade of thoughts as uh, a circus of acrobats and jugglers. And again, allowing what holds us, um, this, this being of ours, this collective sangha, the larger world, are these waters, again, of generosity, appreciation. When we allow ourselves to drink of them, then what comes? Do we allow ourselves to really feel um, the truth of our connectedness? And there's a, I've shared this before, and I don't actually know if it's even true, but it's one of the Dharma stories that gets told of an, of an island in the, in the Pacific where um, the more indebted you are to others, the richer you are. So if I were to give you um I don't know, a chicken and you were to give me a house, I'd be rich because I would owe you so much and it's a way of the strengthening of the connections. And our culture is not really run that way today. But to feel into that sense of if I'm indebted to someone, then there's a connection. And here in the States, this dominant culture, the word indebted does not have a necessarily good connotation. But I appreciate if only on a metaphorical level, how that sense of um, that indebtedness does cement a connection. Yeah. Now, the Buddha speaks a great deal about, well, speaks some of the indebtedness we have to our parents. Uh, there's no greater uh, debt than we owe to our parents. I appreciate again reading this morning that he talks about like, some parents just aren't very good. <laughs> they can be abusive. They don't have the skills. Um, and remembered reading that before, but just acknowledging that. And yet, you know, we're here because of their efforts. They did not um, leave us on the side of a road abandoned to die. So how to, whatever the failings, there's still a sense of appreciation of indebtedness. We are here because of them and all the ancestors behind us. Yeah. Can we stand on their shoulders, faulty and flawed as they are, just as those of us who have kids might stand on our shoulders and look back to us and be like... <laughs> faulty and flawed you know that is the human condition and with that sense of generosity appreciation connectionness can we see that and say yeah me too i have my flaws i have my weaknesses and by orienting um towards again this terrain of gratitude and appreciation by orienting towards having an open heart we do the best we can, yeah, with the skills and whatever we have through these teachings, really being able to see how 
uh, causes and conditions have created a concretization of of smallness or isolation or fear. Good Lord. Um, lots to be scared of in the way that the fear and the worry, anxiety, restlessness, they know the ringing of the bells of hin- the hindrances. Yeah. This is how it is to be human. Okay. Can we use these tools to be able to see with some clarity, a sense of insight? Oh, here's where craving comes in. Here's where the agitation, the restlessness, the doubt, the sleepiness, all of these that obscure the heart, but they also, and somewhat fundamentally, obscure this flow of being in a receptive and um, expansive place. Some of you will know this poem. Uh, Mary Oliver, who made the world, who made the swan and the black bear, who made the grasshopper. The grasshopper, I mean the one who has flung herself out of the grass, the one who's eating sugar out of my hand, who is moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down, who is gazing around with her enormous and complicated eyes. Now she lifts her pale forearms and thoroughly washes her face. Now she snaps her wings open and floats away. I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel down in the grass, how to be idle and blessed, how to stroll through the fields, which is what I have been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? One more poem and then we'll do an exercise. Diamonds by Ingrid Groff Madoff. What if recognizing diamonds was enough to make them yours? And you saw them now everywhere. On sunlit ocean, in the moonless sky, on winter fields, in the tips of branches after the rain, in smiling faces, the brook, the lake, the stream, the kitchen stove, stairs, puddles, ice, clouds. Anywhere life glimmers and light glints, kisses, belly laughs, Bubbly, wine, decay, and crumbs, flights of fancy, feathers, teeth, words, breath, diamonds, diamonds, all diamonds. Would you see then in truth the very richness that you are? And I would add, would we then see, as the poem alludes to, could we see the richness that is around us all the time? Yeah. So, you know, shift gears a little bit. This exercise is going to have two parts. Um, and I came across this this morning. Uh, Brother David Stendhal Ross, The ABCs of Gratitude. Um, this is a little playful, and then we'll shift into something else. So I'm going to read a little bit. Um, one of the practices that I use sometimes, writes Brother Stendhal Ross, I say in the dentist reading room, I call the ABCs of Grateful Living. I go through the alphabet and note for each letter of the word, a word that comes to mind. And then I try to make a connection between that word and the practice of my living gratefully, of grateful living. It's the kind of game I play with myself. So for example, A, amazement. I mean that vibrant sense of wonder that triggers gratefulness. Uh, B, beauty. Not prettiness, but beauty as of a thunderstorm gripping my heart with a sense of mystery. That is the deepest root of gratefulness. Cherries. Shiny, red, big, plump cherries. Even the little tiny wild ones so sweet on my tongue. The death, living and dying, belong together. Learning to live is learning to die. By learning to live gratefully, we learn to die peacefully. So I'm just going to offer some letters. We want to all of the remaining 
23 or whatever. Um, but just to kind of play with this idea. So E, the letter E, what comes, what's the word that comes to mind? And can you parlay that into um, a sense of gratitude or appreciation? And this would definitely be something to have fun with, if possible. So the letter E, what comes to mind? And is it something that shimmers with a sense of, or you, that you can find a way uh, a shimmer with a sense of gratitude or appreciation or light? The letter F comes to mind. The letter G comes to mind. Is there a word? And then parlaying that word into a facet of living gratefully. The letter I. J. Just to connect, it's feel in the body as we, as you hear these letters and words come to mind and allowing them to fill in this territory, this landscape of gratitude, appreciation, generosity. How's the body responding? Let's check in how the face might feel, the forehead, the jaw. Check in with the throat, the chest the heart, the belly, the back body, as you allow yourself and kind of walk three, freely through this terrain of appreciation and gratitude, naming things that you see that begin with the letter L, K, L, M, N, yeah. allowing yourself to walk in whatever this particular landscape looks like, Noting, naming what you see and allowing that to be a thread that weaves together into this cloak of appreciation, generosity, gratefulness, gratitude that you can wear all the time in any weather. And letting yourself take your time to stroll through this particular landscape. For some, it might be in the woods, for some on a beach, for some in the mountains, for some in an urban area, the very street outside your home. And imagine as you walk and look around and take in the world around you, the naming of things and allowing that naming to translate again into a yet another thread that weaves into this shawl, this blanket, this whatever jacket, article of clothing that really is an article of this practice of looking at the world with wonder, awe, amazement. I think those also are synonymous with this invitation to incline towards gratitude, generosity, appreciation. 
And again, coming back to the body's sense of how is it to walk in the world with eyes that see only through the lens of appreciation and beauty. That the sorrows and the things that are hard to see in a way offer them too to, for us to feel our own tenderness, our own compassion. The beauty of our own vulnerability, the strength that comes from our being able to see clearly with eyes of compassion, of eyes of appreciation, generosity, gratitude. How might it be to walk through the world like this? What might you see more clearly? What might you feel more deeply? Thank you. I'm going to stop here. And uh, we'll transition into a time for us to share. It's a time for practice questions if anybody has questions and would just ask that when you do speak, you just stay with your own experience. Um, so either your practice or what came up today. Um, there's a vulnerability, certainly, in speaking into the Zoom rooms, and if you'd prefer just to put your comments in the chat or would prefer to be anonymous and put your comments to either, direct your comments to either Carlita or myself and we'll read them. Um, and as we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, just following those uh, invitations of the gates of wise speech, of kindness and timeliness and the, um, appropriateness. So thank you so much and look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.